that we put a mask over uh, rather than admitting it in order to omit it. Listen to me. You can never omit something that you won't admit. Um, and I'm going to tell you why. Religion has taught us to cover stuff up because if we admit it, we don't look like we're walking by faith. So instead of dealing with it, um, what we do is we just put on a good paint job. We just cover things up and we don't want anybody to ever know that we're dealing with stuff. But li listen, it is not the will of God for you to be in the body of Christ and have access to the healing power of God and not be healed of this thing. I'm going to say it again. It is not the will of God for you and I to be in the body of Christ and have access to the healing power of God and not be healed of this. It is not God's will for us to pretend that we don't have this issue or this issue is not here. It is God's will for us to tap into his power and tap into his grace and find healing for this this problem. So look, let's look at Psalms 34 and we are going to read verses 18 and 19. Get your Bibles. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures today. Uh, turn to Psalms 34 verses 18 and 19. Listen to what it says. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Let me read this in the Message Bible. Listen to this. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Let me say it again. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. The disciples so often get in trouble, in trouble, still God is there every time. Now, I want you to look at the, what the writer says. He says, many are the affliction of the righteous. In other words, the devil is always coming against the righteous and he will use whatever or whoever he can to come against the righteous. That 18th verse says, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. When your heart is broken, God is right there. Some of you are watching me right now. You're dealing with a broken heart. I want you to know that God is right there. Now, what is a broken heart, Pastor? I'm going to just give you a few definitions of broken. Broken, it means to break. It means to violently tear. It means to crush. But this is the one that I want you to really, really get. To cause something to break out or to cause something to break out and bring something to birth. To cause something to break out and bring something to birth. It's like when a, a, a bird hatches. When the eggshell is broken, something comes forth. When your heart is broken, it's just like a shell being cracked. You've got to be careful at that, that moment because when your heart is broken, it has birthing or you have birthing potential. When your heart is broken, you have birthing potential. And what you do at that time, what you do at the time of the break can determine your destiny. Oh, this is so, so needed. See, you can allow it to birth bitterness or you can destroy it right there on the spot and leave it in your past. There are two conditions of the heart that cannot be hid. 
One is a heart that's filled with love. And another, another one is a heart that is infected with bitterness. Now, believers, we've got to make sure that our highest quest is to possess hearts that's full of God's love. I want to make this statement and I want you to really hear me. The true measure of Christianity is how successful we are at revealing the love of Jesus Christ. The true measure of Christianity is not in how loud you shout. The true measure of Christianity is not in how proper you talk. The true measure of Christianity is not in how you speak in tongues. The true measure of Christianity is not in how you dress. But the true measure of Christianity is how successful you are at revealing the love of Jesus Christ. You know, what bitterness is, is it's unre unfulfilled revenge. Hear me now. It's when revenge is not satisfied to the degree that we desire. In other words, it's when you don't feel like the person that's wronged you has suffered enough. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Here's a question. How do you feel when the person that has done wrong to you has something to happen to them? I'll leave that right there for a second. I'll just let you think about it. How do you feel when the person that has wronged you has something to happen to them? I know you try to put on your little holy face. Oh my God, that happened. But how do you feel on the inside? How do you really feel? I said this last week, you know, a lot of times we come up with this little old crazy thing. We say, yo, God don't like ugly. Man, you're, you, you should not feel good when something bad happens to somebody that's wronged you. That's not. That's not the will of God for your life. Now, uh, let me let me ask some questions that's going to kind of give you a bitterness test. And I know it's kind of it's kind of going to overlap what I talked about last week when I talked about the um, the symptoms of bitterness. But let me just ask you a couple questions. Has someone ever said or done something to you which you find it difficult to forgive them? Anybody? Anybody said anything or done something to you that you find it difficult to forgive them? I mean, every time you hear that name, I don't care if it's been years ago, it still makes your stomach a little queasy. <laughs> when you think of them, your heart rate increases. Your blood pressure rises when you think of what they said and what they did to you. If you said yes to any of this, it's a great possibility that you're bitter. I mean, it happened years ago. You can hear a name that sounds like the name of the person that's done you wrong. And boy, your heart just boom, 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 boom. Responsibility. That you're bitter. Listen to this. Listen to this. Another way you can discover if you're bitter or not with somebody is because, listen, bitterness remembers the details. <laughs> bitterness remembers the details. Now, most of the, the things that we've done or things that uh, has been done to us, we forgot a long time ago. In other words, you don't remember the details of most of the events of your life. But when you're bitter about something, you remember every detail. Anybody know what I'm telling the truth? When you're bitter about something, every word that was said, the tone of voice that it was said in, you remember, you remember the time, you remember the place, you remember what, what you were wearing. <laughs> because bitterness remembers 
the details. You know why? Because you reviewed this thing in your head a thousand times and it's affecting you and you may not even know it. It, 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 it business remembers details. Let, let's go back to our foundational text that we used on last week. I don't want to hold you too long this morning on this wonderful fall Sunday morning. Boy, I love this time of the year. Absolutely love it. I just wanted to get a little cold. I like cold weather. Um, go to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 15. Dude. Hebrews chapter 12. You got your Bibles? Verse number 15. Listen to what it says. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many are defiled. Now, again, you'll notice it says that the root of bitterness, uh, it's it's a root of bitterness, root of, roots are under the surface. They're hidden. In other words, you can hide it for a while, but the truth is, eventually, it's going to spring up because you can only act so long. And I want you to notice it says this root of bitterness will spring up and trouble you. Not the person that you're bitter with. It's going to spring up and trouble you. So here's the truth. You're in bondage and they're free. The person you're bitter with, they're free and you're in bondage. Now, we read earlier that the Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart. He gets close to you when your heart is broken. But listen to this. When you allow the seed of bitterness to develop in your heart, God then views you as the offender. If you allow bitterness to come in your heart because somebody has wronged you, then what you do is you put yourself in the same position. And see, we got to get to the place in life where we have such, listen to this, a God awareness that whatever happens to us, we cast our cares on God. Got to get to the place where we have such a God awareness that we cast our cares on God. Let me show you something. Go to James chapter four, verses seven through eight. James chapter four, verses seven through eight. Listen to what it says. Submit, their, uh, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Let me read this in the Message Bible. Now, in the Message Bible, I'll read verses 7 through 10. Listen to what it says. So let God work his will in you. Yell aloud no to the devil, and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God, and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Listen, get serious, really serious. I love this last part. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. Did you hear what I just said? Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. So scripture says we're going to resist the devil who's trying to plant these seeds of bitterness on the inside of us. And the way we resist the devil is by drawing, drawing close to God. When you find, listen to me, beloved, when you find bitterness trying to creep in, 
it is then that you got to draw closer to God. You see, the enemy is going to always do what he can. uh, He's going to always do what he can do to rob you of your witness and to rob you of your testimony. If you're walking around with bitterness in your heart, your testimony becomes powerless. And I'll tell you why. The world is not going to listen to you if the gospel that you're preaching is not working on you. I'm going to say it again. The world is not going to listen to you. The world is not going to listen to us if the gospel that we're preaching is not working on us. You can't lead where you don't go and you can't teach what you don't know. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Now, real quick, because I don't want to keep you too long. I'm going to tell you some of the effects of bitterness. And I kind of breezed through them last week, but I'm going to just spend a little time with them this week. Number one, bitterness will devastate you spiritually. First of all, it causes you to walk in the flesh and not not in the spirit. We all have a choice every day and all through the day to take steps in the flesh or to take steps in the spirit. We cannot control what happens to us in this life, but we can control how we respond. I can't control how you treat me. I can't control how folk uh, treat me or how they feel about me, but I can control how I respond. I want you to turn your Bibles real quick to Galatians. Chapter six, and let's see, Galatians six, we'll read verses seven through 10. Listen to this. Be not not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith, holding bitterness in your heart is walking in the flesh. And when you sow to the flesh, you let me tell you something. When you sow to the flesh, it'll eat you up on the inside. And let me tell you this. It's impossible. Listen to this statement. It's impossible to be wrong with man and right with God at the same time. Oh, Lord. It's impossible to be wrong with man and right with God at the same time. If you're holding bitterness against folk, you are not right with God. So you mean to tell me it's that important to me to be bitter against you and knowing that I'm not right with God when I'm wrong with man. I've got to make sure that my heart is clean so I can be right with God. Listen to me. I want you to get this. Listen to what the scripture says. Don't get tired of doing what's right. See, the devil wants you to feel like doing good or doing what's right according to the word of God is not working for you. And you'll start looking at, well, it looks like they're going up and they're prospering and, and things and the good things are happening to them and, and things are not happening good for me. And I keep doing what's right towards them and they're doing what's wrong towards me. Listen, that's only for a season. <laughs> oh, Lord. Somebody needs to get this. You're going to reap a harvest if you don't get tired 
and you don't quit. Your, your harvest is coming if you don't get tired and you don't quit. Let me move on to the next one. Bitterness will destroy you physically. It, it, it enters the subconscious mind and it runs while you're sleeping. It runs while you're eating or whatever you're doing. Bitterness has been medically linked to high blood pressure, heart problems, ulcers, and even insanity. A leading psychiatrist wrote that 90% of the people that are in insane asylums could be released if they learn how to forgive or how to be forgiven. Number three, bitterness will discourage you emotionally. When there is bitterness in the heart, there is discouragement because bitterness leads to, to paranoia. <laughs> you develop this mentality that everybody's trying to get you. You ever, you ever met somebody that, that felt like everybody was trying to get them? And, and what happens is you become negative, you become critical, you become paranoid, you become judgmental of others, and you think that everybody, everybody, uh, oh, you think that you know everybody's motives. You always think that people are talking about you. <laughs> yeah, you always think everybody's talking about you. You walk up, two people are talking, they stop talking when you walk up. Mm, they were talking about me. No, maybe it, was, it wasn't your business. <laughs> but when you're bitter, you think that everybody's heart is like yours. Lord have mercy. And that bitterness, if you're not careful, can drive you crazy. Number four, bitterness will ruin relationships because bitterness has what I want to call a spillover effect. See, you don't have to be bitter towards your spouse for it to ruin your marriage. You, you can be bitter towards your parents and it can affect how you relate to your, your spouse. You can be bitter. Listen to me. You can be bitter towards another preacher and it can ruin your relationship with me because bitterness has a spillover effect. Some people are bitter with people. Some people are bitter over past relationships. And now you cannot relate to the person that you're with now properly because bitterness has a spillover effect. That's why it's important that you get healed before you get involved in another relationship. Because if not, you, you bring that bitterness into the next relationship. Because bitterness ruins relationships. Number five. Bitterness can divide the fellowship. When I'm talking about the fellowship, I'm talking about the church fellowship. Let's talk about DCC. In spite of all the stuff that we've dealt with, we, we, we have a great momentum. Great momentum. Things are going wonderfully. The church building is, 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 has been basically destroyed. We've got to redo the whole building. But the church is still standing. And we've got great momentum. But if we want to hinder what God is doing in this ministry. All we got to do is let bitterness creep in. Now, here, here's the truth. We all are human, and sometimes we, we, we give each other reasons to be offended. Sometimes it's intentional, sometimes it's not. But sometimes all we need is, and somebody needs to get this, sometimes all we need is a good old-fashioned dose of growing up. Just need to grow up. Sometimes we just need to grow up and get over some stuff. Let me tell you, can I just can I just be transparent with you? 
I've been pastoring for 22 years. Matter of fact, I think today is, I think today is Founders Day. <laughs> I, think, I think today is Founders Day. Uh, I've been lied on. I've been lied to. I've been criticized. My sincerity has been questioned. But maturity demands me to get rid of it. It's to be expected if you're doing what's right. So let me tell you this. Those of you that has a, have allowed bitterness to get in your heart in the fellowship, you're not the first person in church to get hurt. But you've got to make sure that you don't harbor bitterness in your heart. See, because nobody can stop you when your heart is right. Man, I've had all kinds of stuff to happen. I've had people that, man, I've done everything for, they turn around and, and walk off and leave me. I can't, I can't deal with that. I can't, I can't allow that to cause bitterness in my heart. I'm not responsible for what people do. It's been 22 years of pastoring. Man, and, and people never think about how the pastor hurts or can be hurt. And you've got to allow yourself to be hurt. But you've got to learn to cast your cares Maybe I need to help some pastors right now that's been hurt by people. See, we talk about how the pastor hurts people, but people hurt pastors. <laughs> Look, pastors, if you're watching me right now, cast your cares on God. You Listen, one thing you're going to have to understand, pastors, is that you're never, ever going to satisfy everybody. All you need to do, make sure that you're doing your best. Make sure that you keep your heart right. And God will sustain you. I'm a witness of that. I'm a witness of that. I've had people to leave, but God is still here. <laughs> now, let me give you three quick steps to get rid of bitterness. Number one, admit that is wrong and forgive the ones that have wronged you. Mm, some of y'all looking at me right now saying, oh, you ask a hard thing of me this morning, Pastor. Listen, Mark 11, 25 and 26 states, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you don't forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. Forgive. Forgive the people that's wronged you. Forgive them. Number two, pray for the one that you've been harboring bitter towards. <laughs> pray. Let, let me tell you this. This is, this is so true. It's difficult to harbor bitterness towards somebody that you're truly praying for. It's, it's, it's so difficult to harbor bitterness. I can't ask God to bless you and I'm holding bitterness in my heart. So pray for them. Number three. Memorize scriptures relating to unforgiveness. See, what this does is it gives the Holy Spirit the tools to use when you're tempted to slip back into bitterness. And I'll give you a couple of uh, Mark 11, 25 and 26, which we, we just uh, read. Read uh, Ephesians chapter four, verses 30 through 32. Romans, uh, and I'll read this in the Message Bible. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, and I'm closing Romans 12, verses 17 through 21 in the Message Bible. Listen to what it says. 
Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. Listen to what God says. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Listen to this. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Don't let evil get the best of you. <laughs> get the best of evil by doing good. I'll close with this. Forgiveness is a tremendous step of faith that it says that I have a good father and I can trust him. On the cross, Jesus says these words, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Now, if you just look at it, they look like they knew exactly what they were doing. <laughs> and sometimes it looks like people know exactly what they're doing when they're offending us. But here's the truth. They don't know what they're doing spiritually. They don't know what they're doing on the spiritual level. And even when they know what they're doing in the, the natural, we've got to be like Jesus. We got to forgive them. We got to forgive them. We cannot allow bitterness to harbor or to set up residence in our hearts because it will spring up and it will trouble you and I don't know about you but I want God's best for my life and I'll never have God's best if I'm harboring bitterness in my heart listen God's got some great things in store for us but we gotta make sure that we keep our hearts right come on let's pray Father, we love you, we honor you, and we praise you. We thank you today. We come now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your word. Again, we say we're not just hearers, but we are doers of your word. We take this word today and we apply it to our lives. And as we apply it to our lives, God, I thank you right now that we will see the results of your word show up in our lives. I pray for every person that's watching right now. This word, God, today has been impacting to many. Some of us have seen ourselves in the word. The word is a mirror and allows us to see ourselves. And God, some of us have seen ourselves and we've seen things in ourselves that's not of you. And we come against it in the name of Jesus. Thank you now. Thank you for healing. We come against this, this bitterness in our hearts. God, we cast our care on you. We forgive every person that's wronged us. We let that go. We let them go. And we free ourselves right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you now. We cast our cares on you. We give it to you now. We give the hurt to you right now, God. We give this tremendous hurt to you right now, God. And we thank you for healing. I thank you right now for healing everybody that's watching. Their parents are not talking to their children. 
Children not talking to their parents, just brothers and sisters, brothers and brothers, siblings not relating to each other, not talking to each other for years. I thank you now for bringing healing to those relationships in the name of Jesus. Thank you now, God. Thank you now for forgiveness. We forgive. We declare it now. We forgive everybody that's hurt us. And I thank you for your anointing now that's going through the airways today. Healing is happening right now. I declare, God, that healing is happening right now. Thank you for your anointing. Yokes are being destroyed and burdens are being lifted in the name of Jesus. Thank you now, God. Come against the spirit of selfishness. Thank you now, God. Come against disunity and I thank you for a spirit of agreement and unity. Your word says in Psalms 133 that where there's unity, you command the blessings. And I thank you now that as unity set up, sets up residence in the lives of your people, you will command the blessings in their lives in the name of Jesus. We love you, we honor you, and yes, we will obey you. I pray for every person that's watching. I claim everybody for your kingdom. All over this world, I declare that the kingdom will increase. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, and thank God. Oh, I don't know about you, but I feel God's anointing today, this morning. I feel the anointing of God present in this service today. And I believe that deliverance is happening today all over this world. Thank you, Jesus. Let me extend an invitation to you. If you're watching me, you, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. The Bible says that if you can believe in your heart and you can confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and that God has raised him from the dead, you can be saved, and you can be saved today. Listen, if you wanna accept Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, I want you to do this with me. Say this little simple prayer with me. Everybody do this. Say, say, dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I ask you for forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that he was buried, and I believe that he rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and come into my life. I trust you and I will follow you as my Lord and my Savior. Listen, if you have believed in your heart and you've confessed with your mouth, you made Jesus Lord of your life today, I want to welcome you to the kingdom of God. There is some information right there on the screen where you can take this information down, follow those directions. We're going to have a minister to reach out to you and they're going to minister to you. They're going to give you some word. They're going to pray with you. But I want to welcome you to the kingdom of God on today. Praise the Lord. You may be watching, you're saying, my well, pastor, at some point in my life, I gave my life to the Lord, but I am no longer, I'm not where I should be as it relates to my walk with God. I want to recommit my life to the Lord. You can follow those same directions and I'll have somebody to reach out to you. Or you're saying, Pastor, I want to be a part of the Destiny Christian Center family. Listen to me. We would absolutely love to have you to be a part of our family today. You can follow those same directions and somebody will contact you and give you all the information that you need 
Again, we would absolutely love to have you to be a part of the Destiny Christian Center family. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the word today. Thank God for deliverance on today. All right, let's prepare to worship and giving. We are a ministry that believes the word of God. We practice God's word. We are blessed because of our obedience to the word of God. The Bible says a tithe and offering. That's what we do. We don't have any gimmicks. We don't have any schemes. We just do the word and God honors that. So I want to encourage you today, everybody that's watching, I want to encourage you to be a true committed tither and a true committed uh, giver of seed soil. He says tithe and offering. The, the tithe is holy unto God. The offering is a seed that you sow. I will say this to you again. The harvest is always greater than the seed. I know what I'm talking about. I'm a seed sower. I'm a true tither and I'm a seed sower and I am a blessed man of God. So I want to encourage you today, first of all, to be a true committed tither and a seed sower. There's some information on the screen where you can text a give or you can give online. Let's all be cheerful givers on today. Let's do that. Let's do that. Um, also, I want to encourage you. We are a ministry that really is trying our best. We're doing everything we can possibly do to help those that were affected. Uh, well, all of us were affected by Hurricane, uh, the Hurricane Ida, Hurricane Ida. I'm trying to forget her name. <laughs> uh, we're still doing, we, we're doing our hurricane relief. We're actually, we've got some stuff coming up this week that we're going to be doing. And I'm asking you to help us to help others. So if you're watching and you'd like to donate to that, please, you can make it, make a note that it's for that reason. And we're going to make sure that every dime that you give towards that is going to go towards that effort. Uh, we're also sowing towards the vision. We have a vision for a debt-free Destiny Dome that will seat over 3,000 people. I encourage you to sow towards the vision. So there's some information right there on the screen where you can text to give or you can give online. Let's do that. Let's be cheerful givers. I'll give you some time. This is a, this is a part of worship. Giving is a part of worship. So I'll give you some time to do that. And then we're going to make our confession. All right, I want you to confess this with me. Say, I'm a true giver, and I am a true tither, and I am blessed because of it. The windows of heaven are open for me. The blessings of God are poured out upon my life. I want you to confess this. I have huge money. Don't, don't act like you don't need money. We all need money. I have huge money. Right now, it's pressed down, it's shaken together, and it's running over. We don't confess this to hoard over money, but we're believing God to bless us so much that we can be a blessing to the kingdom and we can be a blessing to people. God told Abraham, I'll bless you and make you a blessing. I don't know about you, but I love to be a blessing, but I can't be a blessing if I'm not blessed. So we want to confess that God is going to have supernatural increase to come into our lives. Confess this. I am out of debt. All of my needs are met with a surplus. Can we confess over the dome? Debt-free Destiny Dome. Seated over 3,000 people. Filled with over 3,000 people. I want you to shout, it's up! Hallelujah to God. But this has been an absolutely amazing service. I want you to remember to be back here on Wednesday night for our Wednesday night Bible class. Now for the last couple of Wednesday nights, on one Wednesday night we didn't have service at all because we were having problems with the internet. Last week we did a rebroadcast this Wednesday, I'll be right here live. All right, so make sure that you're here Wednesday night for our Wednesday night Bible class. I love y'all so much. I 
want you to enjoy this wonderful fall Sunday. Morning this Sunday. Enjoy your day. I love y'all. Give me some love. I love you so much. And I'll see you later.